When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Is it for charity at all? Uh, not that I know of. It's just somebody decided it would be fun. Mackey and Judd. It's like a clown car, but much smellier. On 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Shine football fans, dig out the meat and potatoes because it's time for Mackie and Judd's pigskin pecking order. All right. We were going to do this a little bit later in the show, but traffic has thrown off our Matthew Collar segment. Traffic might throw off our John Randall segment. Damn you, traffic. Traffic is a major, major problem. It is. So let's do our weekly NFL rankings at uh, 10 o'clock here right now. And find out where the Vikings fall in your top 10 All right. pigskin pecking order. I go first this week. You're, yes, you do. And I want to give a shout out to two honorable mentions that I thought about putting on the list. Wasn't 100% sure who to take off. Number 12, if I could do 12, would be the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And the level of defense they've been playing lately. They've forced the most interceptions by opposing quarterbacks. I believe it's 18 on the season. They're right there with Jacksonville in terms of opposing quarterback passer rating allowed, and it's abysmal. It's below 75. Okay. So Baltimore's defense has uh, has kept them in the playoff one. Number 11 would be the Los Angeles Chargers. That's been one of the better teams in the NFL the last five or six weeks, and uh, because of Kansas City's collapse and the Chargers getting hot, they've emerged back up into a tie for first place in a mediocre division, but Phillip Rivers is playing incredibly well. Keenan Allen's been outstanding mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So those are my honorable mentions. Number 10 in the pigskin pecking order, the Jacksonville Jaguars and their 8-4 and four record, a much better point differential than the team they're tied with in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, yes. who I think are a little bit more fool's gold. But Jacksonville, like if you were to say, all right, Tennessee and Jacksonville, what's your identity as a team? What are you going to hang your hat on? I don't know what Tennessee would say. I think they're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville would just say flat out, oh, defense. Right. And especially pass defense. Right. So Jacksonville, 8-5. and five, They're going to go to the playoffs, and they might win that division, number 10. Number 9, this is where it gets bunchy, where you could, you could split hairs here the next several teams. Okay. I got the Carolina Panthers, number 9. A little too up and down. Cam Newton has had a heck of a time trying to throw the football. The last several weeks, and quite frankly, for the majority of his career outside of one amazing season two years ago, Mm -hmm. the Panthers are number nine, fighting for their playoff lives. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, who are also fighting for their playoff lives after the Vikings put a defensive whooping on them. I got fooled a little bit by the Falcons. I had them up in my top five after their three-game win streak because I thought they were back, and then 
the Vikings defense just put him to sleep. So it's not as much of an indictment on the Falcons. It's the Vikings are the measuring stick in many ways in the NFC right now. Number seven, Los Angeles Rams bounce back with a nice little road win in their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like that team as an entity. If I'm ranking NFC playoff quarterbacks, Jared Goff might be near the bottom. And it's not a huge knock on him. It's just that Russell Wilson might get in the playoffs. And uh, it's possible that um, Drew Brees is going to be in the There's playoffs. Likely, there right? for sure. Yes. Number six, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've won a bunch of games in a row, and I think they're ten and two now after last night. They are, but they continue <laughs> to just play to the level of their opponents. The Colts grind out field goal win, the Bengals and the Packers grinded out field goal win, mm-hmm. and now they've they, you know they're unhinged with some of these hits too. I know the Bengals were were throwing haymakers too, but the Steelers, there's some if they weren't playing in the AFC and almost had a a double bye to the AFC championship game, I would. Uh, I, I, that record would not hold. I don't think they'd be 10-2 and two if they played in more of an NFC schedule. All right, into the top five. All right. Seattle Seahawks. Even though they have a ravaged defense, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter. He put that team on his back, and they knocked off the top team in the NFC on national television. The Seahawks, mostly because of Russell Wilson, are back in my top five at number five. Mm-hmm. Number four... The Philadelphia Eagles, they fall. I, 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 I don't think either one of us had them number one, but for sure, solidly number two. Yes, last, the Eagles. Yes, last eight weeks or so, I think they were. I've two. got them down to number four now. They feasted Ooh. on a pretty weak schedule. All right, and kind of got put in their place a little bit on the road there against Seattle. Number three, a team that's averaging more than a yard, a yard more per play than their opponents, which is a big number. The New Orleans Saints, maybe the sneakiest, most quiet, dominant team in the NFL. In fact, if they hadn't already lost to the Vikings, I would have put them number two, just based on like some of the peripherals and whatever. But the Vikings are number two because they did beat the Saints earlier in the year. All right. They are beating hot teams like the Rams and the Falcons on the road and the Lions on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Vikings number two and Patriots number one. All right. Dominant. The Patriots defense was pretty bad the first few weeks. They've been dominant as a whole, the entire team, the last two months. Patriots, Vikings, Saints, Eagles, Seahawks, Steelers, Rams, Falcons, Panthers, Jaguars. All right. I think we I think we agree on our top ten. We don't we don't agree obviously on the order necessarily. Uh, the one team that I am going to leave out that you brought up and you left out as well, the Tennessee Titans. They're eight and four, but they they remain the only team that is at uh, or tied for the top of their division with a negative point differential. So the Tennessee Titans, who I, I liked going into the year and I still think are a nice team, I don't know that they're a top ten team. So they would be at number eleven because number ten, the Atlanta Falcons drop one spot. And they only drop one spot because of this. The Vikings defense is that good. Like, I can't look at Atlanta's offense and say, oh, whoa, 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 that, it, it's not that good. I mean, they had scored, what, 27 points against the Cowboys and then I think came back in back-to-back games, including one against the Seahawks, scored 34 points apiece, something like that. And so Atlanta is good. The Vikings are just that good. Number nine, moving down two spots after they uh, were beaten pretty soundly by the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, another team that I like, but I don't see them as a real uh, deep into the postseason type of threat. Number eight, 
won five of six and just beat the Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars maintain that defense is outstanding. They're the two defenses, if you ask me today, which two defenses, if, if you had to pick, it would be easily, in my opinion, between Jacksonville and the Vikings. I'm not sure w- which one I would take, but Jacksonville's defense, when you when you look at their offensive play at times and r- realize that this team is still four games above 500, that's built on defense. Number seven, moving up three spots, although you have them at five, the Seattle Seahawks. I can't dismiss the fact that that defense, uh, especially in the secondary, is decimated. But Russell Wilson's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean... He's and, unbelievable. And, and my logic for putting him number five was, okay, they faced what was largely regarded as the best team in the NFC, even with their flaws, and they looked great against the Eagles. So they can look great even with the flaws, and that's the sign, like, the Patriots do that for sure. 15 years, where if you can look great despite your flaws, that's a true sign His in the NFL. His offensive line is awful, and he still looks good. Uh, n- number six... Maintaining that spot, they've won 9 of 10, including uh, drubbing Caroline on Sunday. The Saints are number 6 in my poll, and now the top 5. Number 5 after beating the Arizona Cardinals, and they've now won 2 in a row since being uh, beaten here at U.S. Bank Stadium by the Vikings. The L.A. Rams, who are 9-3. and three. I don't know if this is the year that the Rams make a run in the playoffs. I do think that this team eventually is going to be, uh, to be in a position to make one, though. I really like them. Number 4... This one's tricky because I agree with you. This team plays to to the level of their competition too much, and it's sort of a weird team, but they win a lot of games, 10-2, and two, Pittsburgh Steelers, who have now won actually seven straight after uh, coming back from 17 points down last night to beat the Bengals. My top three, I'm only going to drop the Eagles one spot. The, uh, the Seahawks are good. The Seahawks are incredibly tough to play in Seattle. The, the Eagles were probably due for a loss at some point here, so I'm not going to penalize them too much. For now, I'm just going to drop them one spot. That means moving up one spot, eight consecutive victories. I hope it's not the kiss of death, but the Vikings are now number two in my poll, so I agree with you on that at 10-2. and two. And that's because also having won their past eight games, the New England Patriots are number one. So my top 10 goes Patriots, Vikings, Eagles, Steelers, and Rams are the top five, six through 10. Saints, Seahawks, Jaguars, Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons. All right. So we both have the Vikings number two, like you said. Uh, so I think where we differ the most is the Saints. Uh, you have the Saints sixth, right? I have them sixth, and you have them what, three? And I have them number three. And I thought about putting them number two if the Vikings hadn't beat them in the, you know, in the opener this season. And my case for the Saints is actually pretty simple. It's a, it's a very similar team in terms of how they're made up to the one that won the Super Bowl a number of years ago except it has a better running game. Yes, Probably doesn't better. create quite as many turnovers on defense, so that's the trade-off. Mm-hmm. But no team in the NFL offensively averages uh, as many points per play as the Saints. Six and a half points per play. Mm-hmm. The next closest offense in the NFC is six, so they're gaining a half yard more per play than any other team in the NFC. And defensively, they're kind of mid-pack. They're like a league average defense in terms of yards per play allowed. So they're kind of, they're sure. going to sneak up, and it's it's hard to shake what they've been the last few years, which is the story of the NFL, right? It's hard to shake what the Vikings were last year, what right. the Eagles were, and what the Rams were. Right. But that's the NFC right now. It is the Cardinals are gone, the Cowboys are going to be out of the playoffs, the Giants, a two-time Super Bowl team, <laughs> the are they're really blowing gone. the whole thing up. The Packers have uh, no quarterback until Rodgers comes back. So the NFL, uh, the NFC has been flipped upside down, and mm-hmm. the AFC, it's it's Roethlisberger and Brady. That's pretty much it.
The only the only fly in the ointment, uh, and I don't think that this I don't think this would derail the Patriots is Jacksonville. Yeah. That defense is in, in the playoffs, that defense is gonna be really good. John Randall will join us when we come back uh via phone, Mackie and Judd. Okay. You gotta be in the know to know, you know? You gotta be in the know to know, you know. That's why you're listening to Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. 1500 ESPN, visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul, and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week, located in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Come on! Football! Football. And nobody epitomizes football for the Vikings more than John Randall, who joins us uh, right now. John, uh, thanks for joining the show. I had a chance to go to your restaurant downtown Minneapolis a couple nights ago and uh, enjoyed a couple libations. So good little spot, man. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, tell us about, so the Super Bowl's coming up here. It, it, that crept up pretty quick. The Super Bowl's coming up in a couple months. The Vikings, as of right now, have a path to play in a home Super Bowl if they play well enough. Uh, what what do you got going on in the next couple months? What are you excited for with uh, the Super Bowl coming to town, the Vikings being in the mix? Talk to us. We're uh, excited about the Super Bowl experience, which is allowing for former and current players and fans to uh, interact, like uh, for the fans to get out there, catch a football, throw a football, and uh, basically get in the, the all the high-energy situations that an NFL player goes through in the Super Bowl experience. Um some other thing that's going on would be that we will we'll have all 51 Super Bowl rings would be out there so the fans can see that. And we also will have the Vince Lombardi Trophy to where the fans can sit there and take a picture with the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Awesome. It's where, John? The experience. It's, it's going to be at the, at the uh, Convention Center in downtown Minneapolis. And uh, it, it'll be out there from January 27th to February 3rd. Hey, Johnny, what, what would it mean to you, and, and I mean, there, there's lots of work to be done for this to occur, of course. What would it mean to you, though, if the Vikings did m- make this game? Oh, my God. I would, it would be unbelievable. Because uh, the first of all, it would be the first time in history that a team would play a Super Bowl in, all, in their own backyard. But to have the Vikings get there and, 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 re- and, and to go back to the Super Bowl, it's, it's just be something that, and for any uh, former player, I can definitely say this, for any former player, it just makes us uh, appreciate all the hard work that the current guys are going through. And for to have our, our uh, legacy team go back, I mean, to go to the Super Bowl, it's just, it just means so much. It's almost like having, like, your kid because <laughs> – it, it, it's so much because you put in your, all your uh, years, your blood, sweat, and tears trying to get there. And I think Dennis Green used to say this. He said, we all are, are, are basically like taking a, 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 an axe and you're trying to chop this tree down. But we can't do it by ourselves. We all have to do it together. And But to see it, all the work come together and to see the team get there, it's just, uh, just you, you are a part of it. 
and uh, it's just you know, just a great thing. See, you, John Randall, you seem like you would fit in so well with this particular team. It, mu- it must warm your heart to watch the Mike Zimmer defenses and, and, and the things that they've built on that side of the ball the last couple of years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, it does. I mean, from every Griffin, his energy, I, you know, I've talked to every, uh, and it's just, it's just, you know, I can remember when I first got in the league, and uh, I can remember playing on the field, and guys used to tell me, you can't play with all that energy. I'm like, why not? What? That's not the way the game is supposed to be. And I'm like, why not? Well, that's just not the way it's done. We don't. You don't need all those emotions. Those emotions will will, will cause you trouble. They they will, they will uh, interfere with your playing. And uh, it's just so great to see that. I mean, you know, because when you when you see a guy playing football. It, it warms your heart to see them. You know, that it shows you that they're that they're loving the game. They're appreciating the game. They're having fun, and that's what the game's supposed to be about: having fun. I mean, you see the guys when, with the end zone celebrations, and you know, we got to say the Viking celebration uh, dance or schemes are just so funny. And you know, I just appreciate that. I, I just it, it just tells me that that, that that there's some great things that the game is going through. And uh, to see the Minnesota Vikings be a part of that, it's just, just I really do appreciate it. I do. Hey, John, uh, which a player on this current defense now, if you could pick one who, who you could uh, transport back in time uh, to be on your team, which defensive player would that be? Oh, my God. You, that's such a hard decision, but I've got to go with, with Linval Joseph. And, and uh, he's just... You know, I said this before, he's not a man, he's men. <laughs> the way, I mean, I, I played with some guys like Henry Thomas, and, you know, when Henry left, uh, I was so sad. And then the years after, he tried to find somebody to replace Henry. And a guy like Linville Joseph, man, he, they're, they're, they're not many of guys like that who can, who can, it's a job that, you know, when you, it's a job description that you say, here's your job. It's not going to be glamorous. You're, you're, you're not going to get a lot of exposure. But your job is to, to, to hold up this, this middle so that the guys on the end can get all the exposure and get all the, the more accolades. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's your job, just to hold up the middle, stop the run, and, you know, and, and just concentrate on just holding this up so that when people, when the other opposing team look at the film, they go, well, we can't run up in there, but you know, and that's that's that his job. But to have him, man, I tell you what, uh, as for as being a former pass rusher, I know when you got a guy like that, man, it makes your job so much easier because when they see him out there on the field, opposing team, you just know that hey, it's one of those days when you when you kind of get out there and you look and you go, well, I tell you what, guys. We can't do nothing with this. This game, this game, we just got to wait till next week. How impressive, John, is it to uh, to me that that Joseph also makes tackles like ten yards downfield? I mean, I get I get the fact that he's very good at stopping the run, but the thing that amazes me is is when you see him tackling a back, you know, eight yards downfield, and the athleticism that someone that bring that big brings to the game. Yeah, he he. 
he can move. Yeah, he can move. That, that's what I'm He's a guy that you just, I mean, you know, it's one of those guys like that. There aren't many of them. And when I, saw him, when I see him, I just look at him, and I would tell Andre Patterson, I said, I go, I go, man, does he, do you guys know how lucky you are? And, of course, Andre's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going. And he was looking at me and laughing. He goes, you wanted one of those. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's the guy right there. That's the guy that, you know, you, you line up next to, and you know that there aren't many of them like it. It's like, to me, I'm kind of an old-school car guy, and it's 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 like that '68 uh, Impala. You only see him once in a while. You're going, that, that's one of them. So yeah. For me, that's, yeah, that's what he does. Uh, John Randall is with us here on Mackie and Judd, and uh, and he's he's here on behalf of the Super Bowl experience, which uh, is Saturday, January twenty seventh through Saturday, February third, leading up to the Super Bowl. MNSuperBowl dot com. If you guys want to check out all the fun activities and all the experiences, uh, you can. It's kind of a once in a lifetime deal. Super Bowl being in town, or once every twenty five years, once every new stadium deal. Uh, John Randall, I, I, Mike Zimmer was 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 a coach with the Cowboys during your career. And I think he was the defensive coordinator for the last few years of your career with Dallas. Um, so you never got to obviously play under Mike Zimmer. But did, a, do you know him very well? And b, how would you envision playing for Mike Zimmer? Would you enjoy playing for Mike Zimmer? Yeah, I would. I've, I've, uh, for Mike, I've known uh, some guys been associated with him. Uh, I know former players who know him, especially from the Cowboys, because. Uh, uh, over the years from uh, being around Emmett, uh, Michael Irvin, talk to those guys, and, uh, and the list goes on from things I've heard from those guys saying about Zimmer. He's more of a, you know, he's going back to him being a hunter and just kind of like he's a guy that, you know, you can, he's a blue-collar uh, coach. And uh, I think I would have enjoyed playing for Mike. Um, it's, you know, you know when you when you're playing on a team, and and you hear from other guys who are associated with a person, and when they tell you uh, that he's a coach, that he's a player's coach, but he's a guy that says let's take care of business. But when you take care of business, he's a guy that that respects that. That, that lets you know that he's a coach that you can appreciate. Hey John, your your thoughts? Uh, there's been obviously lots of talk today about the hits in the Steelers Bengals game last night. Now you played during a time when when those type of games and hits were common. Uh, your thoughts though on on the fact that there are a, a lot of people upset about what we saw last night and about the fact that the league is trying to do so much more uh, to curtail hits like that. Well, it can try to curtail hits like that, but you know I think. If you watch that game, at the end of it, when they asked a man who was out there, Big Ben, what he said about the game, that was a rivalry game. Those are games that, you know, they don't happen too often. But I think when you kind of see Minnesota playing Green Bay, Minnesota and Chicago, it's there. It's just when you're playing the Monday night game, Guys always say that's the only entertainment in town. Everyone was focused on that game. But I think those games are still out there. We just don't really see it as much. But uh, they're out there. And you can try to, you can try to 
rein it in. But when you're playing in, in, a, in a National Football League and you're, you're – we know guys who, who really appreciate the game, sometimes your emotion, uh, especially when you're in situations like that, can get, to, can get the best of because we know this is kind of has gone on for a while. And you can kind of see it was building up. And, and putting them on Monday Night Football, that's one way to make it to make it bigger than it than it than it would have been like on a Sunday night game. But putting it on Monday night, guys always say that's hey, it's only one game on Monday night. Yeah. That's that's a big game. So I mean putting it on Monday night and we know uh there's some players out there who've kind of been known for that. And uh so but it, yeah, it it it, it was and I was sad to see those guys getting uh injured. And I, I definitely hope they do can 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 heal and, and recover. But you know that's it's it's a when you think about it it's a it's football it's a tough game. Yeah. Hey, one real quick quick answer last thing for you here and we've really appreciated uh, the chat here John Randall but Minnesota Vikings 10 and 2 number 1 seed right now are the Vikings capable of winning the Super Bowl this year John? Oh, see hey, being a former player, you never try to look so far ahead. One game at a time. One You're still one game at a time. You're still one game at a time. Come oh, on. One, oh, yes. I'm always be that way because if you look too far, you can trip and fall. So don't ever look too far ahead, man. Don't ever look too far ahead. You're tripping fall. One game at a time. Can the Vikings beat the Carolina Panthers this Sunday, <laughs> then, is the question. Yes, they can. Oh, oh definitely. They can. I hope they can. I, I believe they can. Yes, they will. Awesome. You know, I'm, I'm hoping they will because, hey, I'm, I'm now a Viking fan, and I support my Vikings, and I believe in my Vikings, and I definitely think we can beat the Carolina Panthers. That, that, I mean, that'll uh, do. Dude. How's that? That'll do for now. We'll, we'll keep checking in until uh, two months from now. Super Bowl experience. Tickets on sale right now. Ticketmaster, mnsuperbowl.com. John Randall, Hall of Famer. Awesome stuff, man. Thanks, Johnny. Go bikes. All right, John Randall. Uh, yeah, he was going to come in studio, but traffic is apocalyptic. Linval Joseph? He's got a big schedule today. So I, I did not. I thought he'd say, oh, there's like three guys. I was very impressed. I was very happy. He named one. And, and he's right. Yeah, I thought he was going to say maybe Harrison Smith. There's someone on that back end who's who's hunting around, or maybe a, like a lockdown cornerback or something. Playing along, if if he played by Joseph, it would be damn near impossible to do a thing against that line. Yeah, and the fact that like John Randall could play any of the four different spots along the defensive line. He's yep. a defensive tackle. Uh, to get that many sacks as a defensive tackle is is pretty incredible. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have when we come back? So much stuff. So much stuff. A little Herm Edwards from his introductory press conference yesterday. A very good tweet putting someone from the Ball family in their place. A lot of good stuff. All right. Before we go anywhere here, I want to tell you guys about the Chris Lindahl experience. Chris Lindahl, the number one REMAX results team. You see his mug on all the billboards. You see him all over the place. He understands marketing. Chris Lindahl's team helped sell my condo almost a year ago. For a lot more money than I was anticipating for top dollar. The Chris Lindahl marketing plan goes above and beyond using just online social media websites. Uh, It's everything involved in that bundle and even more. They're all in on social media, all in on websites, and they have their own large base. They're not just relying on third-party sites to market your home. They'll market your home faster and net you more money on the sale of your home than you could have imagined. That's what they did for me. And right now, 
through December 15th, Chris is saying thank you. Someone is going to win a free listing contract with the Chris Lindahl team. That means a family will get their house sold for free with the full marketing that goes with it. To enter this holiday listing giveaway by December 15th, go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or call 763-401-SOLD. Mackie and Judd now continue. Get the name right, and then if you're lucky, you'll appear. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by ShopVac. Got a big mess that needs to be cleaned up. Hurry down to Lowe's to pick up your ShopVac brand wet-dry vacuum with new advanced motor technology starting at just $79. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave Harrigan, let's get right to it. Thank you, Judd. Let's send it over to Tepe, Arizona, the home of Arizona State University, where yesterday Herm Edwards, the coach Herm Edwards, was having his introductory press conference. Code Rubino, Devil's Digest. Uh, Devil's Digest, huh? Yes, sir. Where are you located, my man? <laughs> right here in Tempe. Okay, Devil's Digest, okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm Catholic now, I'm a Christian. Watch out them devils. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, well, you can see, you, We're good, brother. We're you can good. see devils all, all over the place. I ain't so. taking it personal. As the tweet said, anyone want to tell him? <laughs> the, the, the sun devils? Uh, I, I don't... So... I read. I have. That's the first time I've actually heard the audio of that. I I read the stuff. He's kind of a. He's just a gregarious, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. For people to make it seem like he doesn't know they are the Arizona State Sun Devils after he just signed a contract with them is a bit of a stretch to me. He's he's a little aloof in his older age, and I mean that in an endearing way. He's a friend of this station for a number of years, and he just like he gets on these little. He was great on TV. Rambles sometimes. He was really good on TV. He was. And, and I, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know. Yeah. He'll be back in Bristol doing TV tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's been he, so he's been on the I'm ride with, with Roycey, and then before that it was Roycey and Mackie. He was on for a year or two. He's been on with us for like five years, and sometimes he'll get on these little tangents, and he gets that caricature thing going. and Absolutely. And yes. people are taking that, and they're turning it into, oh, he's an idiot who doesn't know that they're the Sun Devils. I, that's a bit of a stretch. It was entertaining. I don't know if it's going to work. But... Herm, Herm, I got bad news for you. <laughs> they're the Arizona State Sun Devils. I quit. I'm going back to Bristol. <laughs> that's it. Uh, post-game yesterday, Memphis Grizzlies, after losing 11 in a row, firing their coach and <clears throat> beating the Timberwolves. While the Grizzlies were down two of their best players, Mark Gasol, he did play the game. He's Powell's brother. That's how I know him. Guys have taken more ownership on their on, on their mistakes, and, uh, and you know it's starting to look more like us. Obviously, now we got to put together um, you know more games and more wins, and guys getting used to having a little more confidence with the ball in their hands and, uh, and get used to playing together. So um, you know, overall, we want to. Up. We well, won, so F it. F what? <laughs> Just everything? I'm not sure. The losing streak? The whole thing. He's, he's upset. He's upset his coach was fired, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. That was, that was really odd how he just dropped it in the It was almost end. like he was dared to do it or something. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh. Just ran out of words, ran out of things to say, wanted to keep talking. Why not? That's how we should end every sentence. We're not sure how to end the, the thought, so just end it with, ah, bleep it. Hell, that could just be the last segment of the show. Ah, bleep it? <laughs> yes. Oh, I sort of like that. We're looking for maybe a closing segment on the show, too. Not so. bad. Not bad at all. Uh, you, you guys been keeping up with the Leangelo ball saga? I UCLA have. I, I, I have been just because I keep care. seeing stories on ESPN.com. Yeah, that. yeah. The latest is uh, Lavar saying that he's pulling Leangelo yeah. out of school at UCLA, not going to transfer to another school, but simply going to focus on the draft. Going to focus on getting to become the best, very best basketball player he can, so he can enter the NBA draft next year. Luckily, we have people like Adrian. Wojnarowski, ESPN, tweeting yesterday, ex-UCLA freshman Leangelo Ball has no chance that he'll be drafted in June. And that was true before his shoplifting incident in China. Quote, he's not on any of our scouting scouting lists, even the extended lists, one GM told ESPN. Yeah. So LeVar Ball's goal is to have his two star kids, so uh, Lonzo and then uh, uh, the other dude, the, the third guy. Yeah, he's great. That he, that he wants those two to play for the Lakers, and then he wants the lesser of the three, Leangelo, yeah. to play for the Lakers G League team. Yeah, I <laughs> okay. I hate to say this, but uh, if if SI is around in, in 25 years or so, they're going to go find this kid, and it's going to be a really, really good story, but it's going to be sad. Like, one of these kids, and it's my guess, this one is going to be completely mind bleeped. Who was that quarterbacking in that? Todd Marinovich. So he'll be like painting seagulls on a beach with Todd yes. Marinovich somewhere. Yes. Driven absolutely crazy okay. by his own father. Credit to the Saints and Sean Payton for finding an interesting way to use their third string quarterback. Are you familiar with Taysom Hill, rookie out of BYU via Pocatello, Idaho? I, am I not. can't say that I am. He's actually 27 years old. so a little old for a rookie, but BYU probably did the whole Mormon deal. That, that would explain it. Uh, he got in a game for the first time this past weekend as the uh, Saints beat the Panthers. You might be wondering what he was doing because Drew Brees is kind of their quarterback and doesn't miss plays. He's a special teamer. He rushed a punt in which he forced the punter perhaps to drop the ball. The punter did drop the ball. You could argue whether or not he forced it. He also made a tackle on kickoff coverage. Wait, their backup quarterback or third string quarterback? Third stringer. Really? Taysom Hill is his name. He's a rookie and apparently he runs like a 4 4 40. He's lightning fast. I like it. You know what? And hey. He's playing special teams. You like know what? It. I'm going to take something Judd brought up yesterday. How about Sam Bradford Gunner in the first round of the playoffs off injured reserve? Cordero was thrived. Sam it's a Bradford way to get your Gunner. name back. Yeah. If you if you want to go get that big free I agent like deal, that. versatility. You reestablish re- your career by being a gunner. Versatility. Could you imagine watching him running full speed down the sideline in those floppy sleeves? <laughs> He's slower, <laughs> slower than me, perhaps. <laughs> be running with like the parachute behind him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know Judd at least predicted yesterday Gronk's suspension would be two games, then he'd barter it down to one with the appeal. Yeah. NFL coming out saying yesterday one game suspension. <laughs> That before last night uh, and all the shenanigans that went on with head injuries uh, with the Steelers and Bengals games. What do you think the answer is going to be when the appeal comes now, boys? Actually, we going to up that to three? Uh, yeah, up it to three. Or how about we just send you through ten flaming tables, just oh. like your family gatherings? He'd be up for that. That sounds good to me. You can either miss a game or we'll have Razor Ramon powerbomb you Gronk. through th- for ten flaming tables. Rock likes tables. <laughs> Gronk likes going through tables. Is that what Gronk sounds like in your mind? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yes. Exactly what he sounds like. I say they I say after last night they keep the one game. That they might have gotten it to zero games and just a fine, but now they'll keep the game after last what night. What does Gronk sound like when he's hungry at work? Oh, Gronk want food, Belichick. Bill, Gronk want food. Gronk go through table to get food. Something like something like Cookie Monster, but slightly evil. That's what Gronk is. He's the monster? He's the slightly... Well, he, you talked like is this. He evil? I mean, he did make... It was an evil hit that he had on the Bills guy. I don't think he's yeah, yeah, evil. I think he's got the... I think he's got... I don't, evil? Yeah, I think he's got the devil in his heart just a what? little bit. Yeah, I think the Gronk's got the devil in his heart a bit. What does he sound like when he comes across a pack of Oreos, then? Oh, Oreos. Good. You clear out, Brady. I eat all Oreos. <gasps> I think that's hey. a little honing there, but it's pretty close. Hey, a little me. honing. You asked me to do it. I did it. <laughs> Well, I think that could be our last segment of the show, too. Just, Just Judd gr- as Gronk. <laughs> oh, show over. All right, we have 13 minutes left show in this over, last segment. Table. Judd talks in Gronk voice Bronco, for 13 minutes. I, Gronk I, I, go through door. I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. Uh, Let's move on. Why, okay. why can't you do it anymore? What's wrong with you? Gronk need break. <laughs> Gronk need break. Gronk, send, Radio send us to commercial break, Gronk. Okay, when we come back, lots more, including Matthew Collar, who knows nothing about football in the 11. Your Gronk sounds like Zolgini. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Phil Mackey. Clapping backs and shaking hands and kissing babies. You'd see some smiles. You do see some brightness in his eyes. Judd Zolgad. Here's the difference between Judd and me. I'm a pessimist because it's fun. He's a pessimist because he's serious. <laughs> he believes it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The 1500 ESPN Sports Fantasy Auction returns one week from today on the 12th of December. It's presented in part by Abel Chiropractic and TCL. Listen all day from 9 a.m. until 6 to bid on great experiences with all the money raised to benefit Encourage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. Plenty of packages to bid on. Items to purchase, such as four tickets to a Wolves game in the TCL Theater Box with Mackie and Judd plus a 65-inch TCL TV attached to that one. Or how about one week of naming rights for the 1500 ESPN studio phone line? Yes, we will name the phone line after you for an entire week. Head to 1500ESPN.com keyword courage to see everything up for auction. Off of the John Randall discussion, we had uh, John Randall on for about 15 minutes or so earlier in the hour. Podcastable later in uh, hour two, Mackie and Judd, show page, iTunes, etc., and you asked him, which player from this team would mm-hmm. you pluck, or from this defense, would you pluck and put on the 98 team? So let's flip that around. Which which player would you take, so offense or defense, which player would you take from the 98 team and put it on this team, assuming that player could be in his prime and not 49-year-old you know, John Randall? Right. We're talking in his prime. Right. And vice versa. Which player, offense, defense, special teams, would you take from 98, put on this team, and then vice versa? Well, the first part of the question to me is simple, because it's Moss. I would take Moss in a second. So you'd have Moss, Thielen, and Diggs on the same field. I would even, well, yeah, and I mean, if you if you could imagine the, the ability that these guys have to go get the ball, Moss would be incredible. So, and, and keep in mind, the rules now would favor him even more. Sure. He would draw more penalties. Uh, so without a without a doubt, my answer is if I could take a player from that '98 team and transport him to 2017, it would be Moss. And you're saying which team, for, which player from 2017? Now would I put on that team? 
to be a defensive player. To be a defensive player, Xavier Rhodes. It would be. It would be either just real quick. It would be Xavier Rhodes or Harrison Smith. Just Harrison Smith is so dominant in mm-hmm. so many different ways. And if you have a coordinator who can, who knows how how to use him, he's really dangerous. Um, you know what? If I was to put in, if I was to take that player back to ninety eight when passing was certainly important, but not as important as it is now, I would probably do Smith because of the versatility there that the safety could bring. Yeah, I I, I think it'd be Harrison Smith too. Now John Randall said Linval Joseph. Which would make which would make an already pretty good defensive line. It wasn't. It was, Chris Dolman had come back for that season, right? Wasn't Chris Dolman back from? Uh, he went somewhere else yes, for a few years. San Francisco and Atlanta, and yes, yeah. I think he. I think you're right. I think he was. It back. was a good defensive line. It wasn't necessarily like the early '90s when John Randall came in and and Henry Thomas was in his prime. Yep, that was a different level there. Yep. So Linval Joseph would make everything more dominant up front, and it would I mean they could play off each other. John Randall would probably have more sacks, and even though he had 10 to 15 every year of his career, basically. But Harrison Smith would add that bowling ball component, just a guy who could blow plays up, who could cover on the back end, could make tackles. Could I throw this out as a as a bizarro? Take a guy from 98 and put him on this team. Gary Anderson, if you can get past the one missed kick. <laughs> I knew you were going to really say that. If you can you, get past the one missed kick. I know he missed the kick, really but he made every single kick all year. Oh, chaps, it's Gary. I'm ready to kick for you. I'm ready to kick. I'm just throwing it out there. 2017 throwing it out there. Where's Mike Morris? I want to try an extra point. You know what? If you just did extra points, would you trust him literally right now today more than Kai Forbath well, at he, his current age? Probably, yes. What is he, 60-something right now? He's got to be. He was 40 when the Vikings had him. Yeah. So he's probably 60 yeah, years old. Yes. Now, they kick from further away now than when, when Gary was uh, was making all the extra I points. I love the fact you suggested that. I mean, I see what you're he's saying. 58? I love, okay. I love that one. He'd still wear the single throw bar, it out too. There. I'd take Randy Moss, too. But I'm just throwing it out there. Gary Anderson. A little reliability of kicker. Here's a thought on who you would take from this year's team and put it back on 98. Harrison's a good one. Xavier's a good one. Maybe Everson Griffin, a guy who could run the pass or rush the passer from the edge. How about Kevin McDermott? Oh, because then you wouldn't have the bad snap on the on. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, maybe a new long snap. I see where you're going there. Yeah, yeah. that's Boy. interesting. Yeah, just for that one play, Morris. really. <laughs> Morris. Well, right, but I mean, we're trying. We're trying to get the team to Miami. Thin in that margins, case. right? I would just like somebody yeah. who is a little bit more consistent with his long snapping. Yeah, I could. I could say Head that. Coach said the snap was bad. That's all I know. How about a gamer quarterback who doesn't turtle during the big moments? Oh, man, did he not want to be like that? a Case Keenum? Although did, we'll find out. We'll find out about Case Keenum here. I st- in about five or six weeks. I contend to this day that you watched uh, Randall Cunningham in the second half of that game, and he did not want to be there. Yeah, it's uh, th- that's we can project all we want about Case, but when you take a guy who was a backup for five years, mm-hmm. and then you give him some instant success, and then all of a sudden now you're playing with all the chips on the table, it would be nice to have a Randy Moss from 1998 on your roster. You could just throw the ball up to. When in doubt, when you're panicking, just go down the field 50 yards, yeah. and here is a and deep pass. He'll just go catch pass it. Pass interference or not, or he'll rise up and, and catch Gary the ball. Anderson and Kevin McDermott. <laughs> just get the kick right, and you're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're in Miami. Who was the holder for that team? Was it Brad Johnson? Mitch Berger. Uh, Mitch Berger. Mitch yeah. Berger, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Brad did hold, but yeah, I think Berger. Because I think, I think Berger it was, has it was Berger. since come back and tried to say Snap was fine. It's no fun. No, no. It's no fun to He's say that. He's trying to protect his guy. You don't do that, yeah. all right? Tell Mitch. the truth. 
Mitch Berger. Uh, Matthew Collar will come in here next from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. Among the various Vikings topics we can dive into over the next half hour or so, let's do this. Adam Thielen, if you were to take all the receivers in the NFL and redraft them for the next, let's say, three-year window, how many would you have to go through until you got to Adam Thielen? Mackie and Jeff. 